Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. When visiting a newly discovered Eden-like world, the away team discovers the inhabitants have achieved their perfect world through an absolute system of justice. But when Wesley breaks a rule, Captain Picard must choose between following the prime directive and saving Ensign Crusher's life. From November 7th, 1987, it's season one, episode seven, Justice! Or let's take the kid with us to the sex planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Cam, that's Dan, and we are the Meh Generation. If they had briefed his mother at all about what it was like down there, she would have let him go. Yeah, totally. If she was, if they were like, yeah, and they all just are. They just be banging all yep, the time. All the time. They're beautiful. They're fit. They're tan. They're scantily clad, and they be banging. <laughs> and they're outrageously eighties. The outfits, the hair, the aerobics. <laughs> the aerobics. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think this web, this, uh, episode, <laughs> weaponized episode, episode. I think it was especially hard for our dear Ensign Crusher, since his sexuality was awakened with the Traveler, to hold back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was definitely my read of like, well, I don't actually know how to play some of those games <laughs> yet. But I really want to. <laughs> As he turns to the guy she's with, and he's like, do you know any games? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, to all of them, can, can, can we try stuff? Can you teach can me? We, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love that they're like, go, play with the other children, Wesley. It's fine. Uh, there was The first half of this episode feels very original series. Right. And then the and second, the second half, half is very next gen. They wham, pow, yeah. <laughs> With a right mm -hmm. hook. Okay. I should probably do the thing. Do the thing. All this, all this sexy talk. Okay. Getting hot under the collar. <laughs> You're telling me. On Stardate 41255.6, the Enterprise arrives at a newly discovered planet, Rubicon 3. A small advance party from the ship are sent down to meet with the Edo, the native people of the planet. Riker reports that the people are friendly and beautiful. And Lieutenant Yar reports that the laws are simple and mostly common sense. Captain Picard sends Wesley Crusher as part of the away team to evaluate the planet on behalf of the young people on board the Enterprise for shore leave! No, not shore leave, Cameron! It's a trap! <laughs> it's, a, it's always a trap. Upon their arrival, they are greeted by Ravan and Liator. A very familiar sexy hug kind of way. <laughs> Well, Wesley leaves the adults to run with native teenagers. On the Enterprise, Lieutenant Commander Data reports something unusual orbiting the planet, but nothing appears on the view screen. He sends out a communication signal, which reveals another vessel in orbit. A small ball of light enters the bridge and communicates with Picard in a booming voice, warning him not to interfere with the Edo, calling them his children. The intruder then skullfucks Data. I mean, <laughs> conducts an information exchange. <laughs> A data dump, as it were. <laughs> Absolutely. 
On Rubicon 3, the Edo explained to Yaren Worf that there are no crimes on their planet because the traditional wisdom of their elders, which turns out to be capital punishment. <laughs> I did not know we were in West Texas, Commander. <laughs> the away team rushed to warn Wesley, only to discover that he has accidentally broken a greenhouse while playing catch with the Edo youths. An Edo mediator or policeman attempts to give Wesley a lethal injection for this infraction of law, but Riker tackles him, and Yar and Worf draw their phasers. On the ship, the sphere leaves Data's body and departs. You know. Good for about two hours, and then take off to boast and brag with your friends. <laughs> Picard, upon hearing the situation with Wesley, transports to the surface. He meets with representatives of the Edo in a council chamber and explains that the Earth no longer practices capital punishment. Some Edo interpret his stance as an attempt by the Federation to push their superiority and suggest that Picard should mount a rescue effort for the boy. He says he cannot, quoting the Prime Directive. Picard asks the mysterious vessel asks about the mysterious vessel in orbit and discovers that the Edo worship it as a god. He returns to the ship with Ravan and Counselor Troy. Ravan sees the strange ship from orbit and confirms it is the Edo's god by falling to her knees. She is transported back to the surface when the ship threatens. Uh, the Enterprise were taking her away from the planet. Data reveals that while he was in communication with the entity, it will protect the Edo as if it were its children. After considering their options, Picard returns to the planet's surface and announces he is willing to risk the wrath of the Entity. He orders the transportation of Wesley to the Enterprise, but the Entity does not allow transporters to operate. Picard finally gets to soliloquy <laughs> about how the law must allow for exemptions to ensure justice. And after this statement, the transporter goes back online and allows the away team to return. Upon leaving the planet, Picard communicates with the entity that it will inform... Oops, sorry. Picard communicates with the entity to inform it that they are leaving and that they will remove recently placed colonists at a nearby star system under the entity's claimed jurisdiction, if the entity so expresses. Without replying, the entity disappears. Picard regrets that they did not communicate more, and the Enterprise departs. And so ends Justice. So did he want them to take the colonists? I was unclear. He's just like, whatever. He just disappears at the end. Is like, I, take them or don't. I don't care anymore. I think it was absolutely that. Whatever. Just Fine. Keep, keep your hands off my barely clothed children. Yeah, don't touch my little my little Aryan planet down there. Yeesh. Yeah. I mean, they were all blonde. They were. Every single person on that planet was blonde and tan. Blonde and blonde. tan. Yeah. Both of it came from a bottle. Tan like the president. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That scene when they're exploring or they've just gotten to the planet and they go into the council chambers and there's just a dude on a table getting oil massaged by two chicks. I was like, woof, we are in the <laughs> 80s. <laughs> you bet your ass they are. Mm -hmm. oh. Cameron. What did you love about this episode? I remember being a teenager and watching this episode and thinking Wesley was particularly annoying and stupid for falling into a greenhouse. But as an adult, I totally got it. I <clears throat> It seemed the story was way more sympathetic and it was totally accidental and horrifying that something like that could happen, especially since it it's random and moves. 
that part's particularly disturbing that if you don't follow the law in this area, you're dead. Yeah, but you never know where it's going to be, so everybody better behave. <laughs> but it's marked. So but then, I mean, the way my mind works, I'm like, there's got to be some mediator out there who knows where the zone's going to be and just goes to a different zone and is a serial killer. Probably. <laughs> right? There has there's, to be. I mean, there has to be. That's there's... my head cannon. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always a dark side to whatever utopia. kind of utopia. What else? What else do you like? I really liked <laughs> I liked how the actors portrayed the Edo. The simplicity with which they carried on was lovely. I also loved the shtick where they ran everywhere. <laughs> it just tickled me. <laughs> Because me, as a Starfleet officer, would have been like, fuck that shit. <laughs> Transporter, uh, can you just move me to the hall? I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> no. Nope. I uh, do not enjoy jogging at all. But no uh, <clears throat> Yeah, anyone who claims they does is a fucking liar. Um, <laughs> I just, I enjoyed the whole thing way more than I remember enjoying it. I was really not looking forward to this episode and i had a way better time than i was anticipating so you know nice. that's nice what about you dan since it's your first time oh man uh where to begin <laughs> um i really liked when they when they were telling them about the planet and like i'm i'm becoming a big fan of the riker smirk <laughs> right Right, like he'll say something clever or he'll say something that's clearly innuendo and there's just this this little it's not quite like a Kirk smirk, it's not all off to the side. It's a little more it's a self satisfied smile. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Yeah, I know that look. That look is a mood. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh when they when they got down onto the planet and they reunited with the people they'd met before and Yar hugs that guy, all I could say was Yar queen. <laughs> Yar queen. You know that they uh they did some exploration while she was down there. A little a little cultural exchange. Oh, you know absolutely. What I mean. A little a little away team investigation. <laughs> a little fucking like animals. <laughs> if you catch my drift. A little exploring of basements. <laughs> yeah. That Beaming was, uh... into the downstairs. Okay, that's Yeah, it. right. Mm, shuttlecraft <laughs> to dock, please. <laughs> Oh God! Yes, no, they definitely did. <laughs> Set phaser to wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, this this episode's gonna get tired real quick if this is just all about a banging planet. <laughs> um, I was like, well, at least there's no Alice in Wonderland bullshit hopping around. <laughs> but you have to admit, McCoy saying <laughs> referencing the Alice in Wonderland shit is one of the highlights of Star Trek. Oh, I mean, McCoy opening his mouth is the highlight of Star Trek for me. You know how I feel about McCoy. I, I'm, I'm considering getting a Leonard McCoy back tattoo. A whole back piece? Yeah, it's just DeForest Kelly looking sassy. Well, and then, you know, eventually you'll have to deforest your back for it to be seen, so it's perfect. Uh, you, I told you. I have three things I never want to talk about on this podcast. No, you didn't. I did. You have never number, said those words to me. <laughs> number one, apartheid. Number two, 
back hair. And number three, my unfortunate family tree. <laughs> well, we've talked about all of those things now, so. Well, there we go. Um, I guess that's what you get for being a poor communicator. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I, I did like that the god entity was like in and out of reality and in multiple spaces and controlled this whole sector and we never really understand their motivation because that's what it'd be like if we met something super intelligent. Be like, we, we were not going to really get what's what's going on here. No, and they're not going to share. Mm -hmm. uh, although I do regret now hearing that the planet's called Rubicon, which I'd forgotten not calling this Picard crosses the Rubicon. <laughs> Because he violates the prime directive. He does. Um, and even Data got some action when he got skull fucked by the orc. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, I was like, oh, this is pretty good uh, special effects for the 80s. It looks like what they do on a Disney Channel original movie today. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, I did really appreciate uh, Beverly getting worried. Um, she's a pretty good actress. She did a good she job. She is. Um, Especially when she said, uh, if he was your son, you'd be as frightened. And he cuts her off and says, but I am. Because he's <laughs> his son. Maybe. That's my new thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for it. It's, yep, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a fun, sexy romp that had... Of, that blindsided us with a very interesting moral quandary and got our, our commanding officer to break the prime directive in episode seven. Yep. So I have a feeling the prime directive is going to mean less and less as the series goes on, but well, I, I mean, did like that they, that they really weighed it. Like they spent time with him. Like when data's like, would you choose one life over a thousand? He's like, I refuse to apply arithmetic to this situation. And that's, that's the sign of a good leader and an enlightened leader. Because what did Stalin say? One death is a tragedy. A million deaths is a statistic. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. So I think Picard showed real command leadership. Um, and I think that uh, Worf, in a passing comment, planted the seeds for the fact that he is a sexual animal. And... Uh, I'm really looking forward to when we have a Klingon female around that Worf's like, all right. You you have no idea what's coming. It's going to be great. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I did like about this world is like, finally, people who don't stand on the right side of the escalator will be punished in accordance with what they deserve. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> exactly. People who don't bust their tray. You know, in a casual dining setting where you're supposed to do that. Dead. Murdered. People who turn their cars like they have a fucking wedding cake in there. Dead. <laughs> People who block you in double parking. Dead. <laughs> People you know who what? are... <laughs> I want to live there. I've decided just now. Sign me up. I want to go to Rubicon. Great. Uh, but it wasn't all scantily clad blondes running about and fucking, was it, Cameron? <laughs> it was not. It what didn't you like not. about this episode? Well, it's just, I mean, it struck me kind of weird as an adult that, you know, normally in most cultures, children are more clothed. 
Do you know what I mean? Yes. At least in our culture. Sure. And from a puritanical Western worldview, that yeah, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And so it just struck me weird that the children, quotey fingers, are wearing the same thing as the adults. And I mean, I get it. You know, if adults are wearing bikinis, kids can wear bikinis. But it just struck me as especially strange since Wesley was wearing his full sweater glory. Yeah, I think it was interesting to me that there was never a comment of like, why are you so clothed? That must that must be so uncomfortable. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Take off your shoes. Run with us. Yeah, no, it's... The whole thing was just a little weird. And I mean, it's not... It didn't destroy the episode for me or anything, but it just struck me this time. It was like... <sighs> and maybe it well, just I... took me back to being a teenager and thinking of having to dress like that. That's horrifying to me. Well, and I think that part of that is that we didn't have like children, children. We didn't yeah. have babies. We didn't have any. We didn't have any prepubescence. We had pubescent, postpubescent, like uh, young adults. Yeah, young adults. Like, and how old Wesley's supposed to be? Like, what? Fourteen, fifteen? Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. So these are like sixteen-year-old kids. Sixteen-year-old kids dressing like adults. Yeah, is. It it seems a little odd because they do seem young, except for the one kid with like the full chest hair. Where I was like, "No, you you're not 16. There's no fucking way." <laughs> no, he's he's 17. Looking yeah. out for the 16 year olds. Yeah, gross. Or maybe he's oh. 17 going on 18. It's hard to say. You know what? Fellas will fall in line, and they did. <laughs> they did what else what else really uh i don't know fractured your warp core i (laughs) breached my warp core there you go um i hated the security guard uniforms (laughs) fucking hated him (laughs) the little the little the little uh the little link in the middle just Mm -hmm. like just above the belly button holding it together (laughs) We're obviously more protected and more important because of the sheer amount of fabric we have on. Right? Just with their their death syringe and just a little pouch. Like, someone's going to trip and they're going to kill themselves. That's what's going to happen. But they had it coming, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tripping is forbidden. (laughs) We can only jog prettily. (laughs) You showed a lack of coordination. How do you plead? Dead? Correct. <laughs> I'm just doing Krang and Kodos from The Simpsons. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and Plankton a little bit. Yes. Correct. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, what else were you like? Blech. Um. Just. I. <laughs> Whenever they meet. The. I mean, whenever they're in their chambers, I found the Edo culture both fascinating and just irritating. Um, And it might have been the way that they were written. I can't tell. It might have been the performances given, but it just it just irked me. It made me want to it (laughs) made me want to yell out. Oh, come on. I don't know. It's just it wasn't everywhere else on the planet and everywhere else in this episode it was believable but for some reason the council chambers just struck me as odd and not as compelling and so i don't know i i think part of it is 
I, I got the same feeling where it's like, oh, we're fun, we're frolicking, okay, this is idyllic, whatever. But once you have to see the internal workings of the culture, once you're in it, and it's like, so you're, you've abandoned any attempt at reason or changing anything, obviously because it's working, but there's the unquestioning blind loyalty to the ideas presented. That's the part where I was like, what the... Like, Seriously, like this has never happened before. This has never come up. No one's ever begged for mercy. Well, like, it's like, does the same thing happen if you accidentally kill a plant? Like, if you're a gardener and it accidentally dies, do you die? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very problematic system of justice. If you hammer your thumb, do you die? <laughs> I'm building this here greenhouse. Ow! Oh God. <laughs> Well, Sorry, friend. Gotta give you the injection of death. <laughs> Sleep well. You lived a good, beautiful, blonde, athletic life. <laughs> I shall miss fornicating with you. It's been a nice nineteen years. <laughs> <laughs> God, right? It did feel it did feel a little bit like the lottery or something. Um, it did. But uh, yeah, it was. Lots of little things about the Edo bothered me. Where. Um, She asks Wesley if he'll teach her a game, right? And then he's like, no, I don't. No, uh, uh. And she's like, no, ball. Teach me how to play ball. I'm like, girl, you have a ball. There's a ball there. You're telling me you've never picked it up before? You're like, oh, good. Now there's space travelers. Maybe he knows what this thing's for. <laughs> I've sat on it. <laughs> I've pushed it around. <laughs> I kicked it once. That was terrifying. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> it moves so quickly. Oh, my God. Because we're always running. Teach me how to play ball. I'm like, I'm like, Wesley, she doesn't want to play ball. She knows how to play ball. Like, come on. Those three want you. Yeah, this is, a, this is the setup of a gangbang. This is <laughs> porno. <laughs> and then he actually teaches them to play baseball. And then it gets him almost killed. Exactly. Take that, America's pastime. <laughs> uh, uh, I recently went to uh, Cooperstown, New York, and mm -hmm. um, it is not yet baseball season, and it is a very sleepy little town. It's, like, aggressively quaint. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. I was like, whoa, you're trying real hard to be, like, super quaint. Like, back off. Be a little more chill about how about how city about how town out of time you are yeah they like slow your new england roll like slow your rob lobster roll as it were it's probably um, the same as this mm -hmm. you know it probably has the same rules as this little society <laughs> probably less banging though it was pretty you're cold. not you're not being quaint enough you're gonna die <laughs> oh goodness it was um that was weird um i i also didn't care for the fact that they brought him in the first place i just thought that was so fucking ridiculous i was like i know picard's trying to be nice and trying to grapple with the fact that he has a son he didn't know about but i just 
it just it felt dumb. I'm like, this is an unexpl- a, a planet that they went down one time. We're like, no, no, it's it's great. We'll go check it out one more time just to be sure there's not like some crazy penal system. But <laughs> no, I think it's I think penal it's system. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this episode. Yeah, Yar definitely was checking out the penal system. <laughs> they all were. <laughs> oh yeah. That was one thing, too, and I know it was the 80s, but I was like, why has it got to be so heteronormative? I was really hoping that somebody would, would come up to, that one of the, that the girl would just, like, come up to everyone and be like, hello, hello, hello. And the guy would be like, hello, 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 just I to know. all of them. I know. And then we could have throuples and gay couples and the one asexual crowd in the corner <laughs> who's like, you know, uh, just not really into it. I'll, I'll still jog with you, but just not really, not really feeling the whole... <laughs> just banging on the lawn like yeah. everyone is doing not really my thing yeah also but those yeah, costumes no. were bordering on ridiculous like they, oh, were, they were so absurd ridiculous. i just i was like you took joggers shorts and uh, a bikini top and we're like make sure we can get as much bounce as possible no underwire nothing make sure that we're ju- that and then make them jog everywhere i was like come on do you know who's responsible for that take a if guess you say I'm going to guess Gene Roddenberry. You're absolutely correct. Ah, I could almost <laughs> hear the drool as he was making clicky types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're all going to run everywhere and they're going to be hot and blonde like my wife. <laughs> he and Worley Thorne wrote this epi- rewrote this episode. It was originally written by someone else. And they created the godlike entity, which was a brilliant stroke, mind you. I loved that. But they also really sexed up the Edo because before they were just kind of innocent and... <laughs> not so sexy time i liked it i enjoyed it um it was it was one of those where i, I just kind of it felt of two minds uh, because then they abandoned all the sexiness after that was just like the 15 minute hook to get people to watch it was like hey they're going to a sex planet you want to watch star trek bam moral quandary bam <laughs> difficult command decision bam prime directive haha <laughs> tricked you now you're a nerd yep <laughs> No, it's like, Gene, that's entrapment. You can't do that to people. <laughs> sure he can. It's popular television. <laughs> right? It's the Game of Th- it's the Game of Thrones effect. You lure them in with the nudity, and then you're, like, super invested in political intrigue and the politics of it all. <laughs> Damn it. Why do I care so much about the bannerman? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, the yeah, Mormons overall. are awesome suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> We're so close, Daniel. We're so close. Yeah, as of recording, um, I guess we're we're less than a week away. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. So we'll uh uh we'll soon be living in a post thrones world. I know. Terrifying. Don't worry, there'll be spinoffs forever. Well, there will be spinoffs forever, and there are those people like my brother-in-law who refuse to watch the show and partake in popular culture until the books come out, so. Okay. (laughs) He's a problem. I I know. I know, I know. (laughs) Well, he fully Uh. admits it. He's like, it's just my stupid stubbornness. Come with me into my hole and appreciate this when it's whole. Uh, but enough about the Edo. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sex puns. <laughs>
Cameron, were there any quotes in this episode that stood out to you? I, <laughs> my favorite quote is Will Wheaton's least favorite quote in all of Starfleet, which is, I'm with Starfleet. We don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> you poor little guy. Oh, we don't lie. It's like, easy, easy there, Ranger. You already got your merit badge. Calm down. <laughs> Uh, sorry for beating up on Wesley so much, Maya. I apologize. I'm not. Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, he was very likable in this episode. He was. Yeah. He was awkwardly adorable with his lack of experience and <laughs> his missing <laughs> the obvious come ons. You know, it was just. Yeah. He was very likable in this episode. I really imagine that Edo girl turning to the guys and be like, we've been playing ball for 45 minutes. Did he not know what that was code for? <laughs> and then all of a sudden he commits an, he commits an atrocity and is going to be killed. And then right. everyone's, everyone's need for sex, their sex drive goes down. You know. I, uh, I really appreciate it. I when, hope. When Picard was lobbying on behalf of Wesley and he said, you don't make exceptions. Life itself is an exception. Life in the universe itself is an exception. I liked that a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I really loved when they started running and Riker went, when in Rome, eh? And Dwarf goes, when in where, sir? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so good. Um, I also love Counselor Troy's line, sharing an orbit with God is no small experience. That was a good one. I did like uh, Data... You were right, sir. I do tend to babble. <laughs> <laughs> it is probably unwise of us to attempt to place human colony in this area. Of course, there are 3,004 other planets in this star cluster which we could have colonized. The largest and closest data don't babble. Babble, sir? I'm not aware that I ever, ever babble, sir. It may be that from time to time I have considerable information to communicate, and you may question the way in which I organize it. Please organize it into brief answers to my questions. I uh, I also... I, I, I love the, the whole... Worf Riker aside, um, <laughs> what about plain old basic sex? You must have some need for that, of course. But with the females available, but with the females available to me, sir, Earth females, I must restrain myself too much. They are quite fragile, sir. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, Klingon death sex. It's gonna be something. Well, I mean, you'll you'll find this out later, but the initiation of a Klingon mating ritual is to draw blood. <laughs> Damn. Whether that's with very... your teeth or fingernails or whatever. That is uh that's very Angelina Jolie of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah. Really into knives that one. Um so I hear. <laughs> um, I also loved the They're wild in some ways, actually. In some ways, actually puritanical in others. Neat as pins, ultra lawful, and they make love at the drop of a hat. And Yar says, any hat. <laughs> Yar queen! <laughs> but also Worf's line, nice planet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's already a punchline, but I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. I just... I need I need an episode where Worf just like rips somebody's arm out of their socket or something just to like be like, oh, okay. Um 
Well, we get to know a lot about Worf's backstory, too, and it's really something. So can't wait yeah. to experience that. All right, Cameron. How many itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, beige and gold tight bikinis? <laughs> beige and gold unisex bikinis? <laughs> there we go. Itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, beige and gold unisex bikinis. Would you give this episode? You know, I'd give it three and three quarters. Yeah, I give it three. I think it was, it's totally serviceable, has problems, but it was fun. It was fun. It was a great time. And yeah. the moral quandaries are really starting to hit you in the, you know, wherever you are hit. In your the intellectual gut. genitals. The, the intellectual genitals. You know, your gut, your metaphorical gut, right in the chode. I don't know. <laughs> Moral quandaries hit me right in the chode. <laughs> well, somebody better quote that in a review of this show. Uh, well, that's it for this one. We will be back with the next episode. The Battle. I am so excited. All right. Well, we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. So that just leaves one last thing for me to do. And that's to wish you all to not just have a great week, but make it so. Keep on trucking. <laughs> you just did that because we haven't done this in a while. I'm going to wear you down. I missed you. <laughs> I miss you too. My apologies. All good. I'll edit this out, including this part right now, where I confess to the murders. <laughs> Which murders? Oh, no, you're back. Now you want Can no. I play? Can I play? <laughs> can you play Let's Confess to Murder? No, can I play Murder? Oh, absolutely. A Secret Weapon Production.